Hello and welcome to a Mind Matters podcast presented by A Light for Change, where we talk about the who, what, where, why, and how we as a community can make positive changes. The when is up to all of us, and it starts with you. Before I start, let's get into a positive zone, and I'll share my thoughts on a question from Graduate Thrivers Past Cards. The card drawn is for blue, self-esteem and values, and the question is, what makes you feel loved? I feel loved when I am supported for all my ambitious ventures, when I am made to smile for any reason and no reason, when I am reminded to enjoy myself and not just to find the joy in the moment, when I am lifted by the spark of another's energy, when I feel seen in a connection, when I feel heard in a conversation, even when it's just verbalized thoughts with no relevance to the moment, and most importantly, when I feel the care in someone's touch, revealing thousands of words without a single utterance. This is season two, The Role We Play, episode six. Judgment is nothing more than your own perspective. I will open this episode with a quote from Nikola Tesla. When you understand every opinion is a vision loaded with potential, with personal, sorry, history, you will start to understand that all judgment is a confession. Judgment is defined as the ability to make considered decisions or come to a sensible conclusion after considering all the facts in a situation using a process of forming an opinion by examining and comparing. The most understood form of judgment is based on societal standards and precedent in law, but we forget how much an individual forms a judgment every day. We judge experiences, people, and environments by penalizing, personalizing, and limiting our experiences. It is human nature to seek safety and comfort, which is why laws were formed to allow us to live in peace with each other. The saying, only God can judge you, is highly overrated, for the ultimate power does not have the ultimate judgment over you, but you are judged by everyone, always. Judgment is not good or bad, but a personal condition based on processing personal experiences and ambitions, which means if people think, then people judge. So present yourself to be judged authentically. We live without peace, though we live peacefully, for the most part. Our minds, hearts, and souls live in treachery as we lack connection and community interaction while we argue over who had more virtue through history and who should be blamed for all that has gone wrong. It has come to a point where everyone is penalizing everyone else just for being born into a family tree that centuries ago had someone who wronged in the collective mind of the present and having an opinion on anything. This goes far beyond the rule of law into a realm of bias that categorizes people by factors beyond their control and negates all that makes them unique. History has taught us so much at each phase of humanity's growth, though it brought us new ways to show compassion to each other by learning from the actions taken that weren't yet conceived as mistakes. Despite history teaching us that all lives matter, human, flora, fauna, and the living earth, 
without its bounty of with its bounty of water, we're so filled with hate from all the traumas experienced generationally. We judge each other profusely at work, play, school, in social encounters, constantly. No one is safe from being cancelled. A softer way of explaining this concept would be to say generalizing instead of penalizing, which is how I reference my own guilt in this concept. I am very open-minded and take pleasure in learning all about someone and what makes them unique. But I still have sayings as I'm not keen on associating with suits and I am not a fan of politicians. Now, this is not to say I won't sit and talk with either of these categories of personality traits. I am sure I would be quite intrigued by what they have to say, but it is a self-confession that in my past, dealing with these categories of society have left me feeling vulnerable without just cause, so I keep the amount of time I spend with them to a minimum. However, I am thankful for the lessons I learned in those experiences, like how to tell if someone is genuine or two-faced dangerously ambitious, or driven by compassion. The importance of waving my weird, unique flag proud and high so not to fade away in a sea of gray, and how to make savvy, calculated plays when dealing with the system. Through all my reflection, I've come to realize that my judgment is on myself, because when I played the game, I was rather good at it. But awareness of those I had to walk on to climb the success ladder was more than my heart could handle. So I came to the view that that kind of behavior was bad, choosing to be humble instead. In realizing my judgments were a self-confessed reflection and that I grew from all that I have been granted lesson to learn from, I realized so many of us are stuck in these safety thoughts and behaviors and few of us are truly living, most just barely surviving the rat race. At this point in time, I am even more thankful for my past experiences, though they hurt at the time, because I found my voice to share and drive to make impact where impact needs to be made for all of us to heal. This will mean mingling and interacting with those I have judged for so long. It means involving myself in politics and fundraising from the suits, a playful reference to the attire of the upper middle class in government-centered capital city. Penalizing is a rampant cause of divide in families with parents judging a child's every choice. It is almost understood as normal for a parent to judge a child's behavior or choice and to punish or praise them based on their actions. However, it is our role to remember that our judgment is our own perspective of a situation and only in seeking to understand the other's perspective can it be fair to penalize someone if such is required at all. Whether something is good or bad in personal opinion, and it is part of our role to understand that opinion matters in choosing. So we must judge from the chooser and the affected perspectives in order to reflect what is right by example and not mirroring what is judged with like behavior. Life is a series of personal choices based on calculated thoughts regarding what is perceived in each moment, whilst interacting with the same from others, which makes all aspects of being alive personal. So it is only natural that we personalize a judgment made 
or perceived as being made upon us. A single comment or grade has the power to mold how someone chooses. Reflect on your school age years and how much the opinions of others impacted your feelings and how you behaved. Now think of all the things you found interesting and never explored because of your parents' opinions. Even the ones you did pursue resulting in fights that tore your relationship with them apart. Our role in life is not to decipher others, but to realize that their views are there for a reason, known and suitable to them, that we can use the reactions of others to grow instead of ruminating, and we can be our own unique selves discovering our own purpose as the path forms while still respecting the judgmental opinions of others. Though most of our personalities as adults is formed out of our adolescence and youth, everyday judgment continues to have an impact on how you think throughout the duration of life. This will allow you to practice accepting your role in life while actively perceiving judgment that can be taken personally. I am most guilty of personalizing in my marriage because there is so much freedom of emotion that sometimes it can be next to impossible to think of the other's perspectives. I think most marriages are like that simply because it can be difficult to communicate all that affected us from the time spent apart. Time spent accommodating others' needs and the sacrifices we accepted, begrudgingly or not. It can be difficult to decipher if someone is tired, overburdened, feeling down, stressed from dealing with outside factors, or worried about something coming up by their reaction to what you're saying, particularly if they don't want to burden you by communicating how they feel or are unsure of why they feel that way. My husband often comes home and gets frustrated with the little things after a long day at work, which I naturally take as I'm not doing things well enough if my partner can't come home and relax. I get a little insulted because I work really hard to make sure things are perfect and enjoyable for him enjoyable for him, which changes my tone, making things worse. And both of us say things we mean, but in the wrong way, or defensively lash out without just cause. My role in this scenario should be to realize we are both human with emotions. We both carry afflicted mindsets triggered by outside factors. To initiate conversation about what could be making me perceive the moment as getting heated, or having an inappropriate reaction, and to alter my approach to the moment as I see the emotions presented. We can grow off each of these small interactions using a process Dr. Gee Winch coined as emotional hygiene. Emotional hygiene involves unlocking your thoughts and understanding the process your mind takes when concluding how you will interpret and react to a moment. Then finding a silver lining, if you would, that gives you a glimmer of joy towards the next moments you will step into. It is the idea of looking out on a gloomy, dark, stormy day and appreciating the grandeur of nature or seeing the opportunity that comes from a mishap's redirection. Humanity as a unit displays this sense with regularity as proven by the fact that we are no longer cave people, 
but technologically advanced civilized beings. For the most part, always learning how to better how to be better humans by overcoming and surviving some of the darkest, most miserable moments in history. One of my favorite quotes to explain emotional hygiene is from Dr. Seuss. Life is too short to wake up in the morning with regrets. So love the people who treat you right for the good of the ones who don't and believe everything happens for a reason. If you get the chance, take it. And if it changes your life, let it. No one said it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Growing from each moment you experience is more than just being positive and looking on the bright side. As I have learned from the blows life has thrown at me. Some experiences in life can be so dramatic, they take your whole personality, throwing in it into a tumble, while misery consumes you, then spits you out, unable to be yourself, as you were, any longer and having to navigate a whole new understanding of self. Losing my eldest son did just that to me, but I couldn't change places with him, and I had, as I had two younger children worth living for. So I had to survive. But this time, I couldn't just put a smile on and problem solve it better. This pain was never going to go away. I had to figure out what life wanted from me. I had to accept that this was the knockout punch costing me the match, but my humble composure made me the fan favorite to exemplify taking on life with good sportsmanship, always training for the next big moment, be it a win or another loss. No one is responsible for your emotional reactions except you. Others can say and do anything they like, but what happens inside you is only the result of what you are thinking and feeling. Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. is a quote most people use to remind themselves to avoid self-pity, but I use it to remind myself not to emote my pain into others' lives as it is my burden to grow from. Though my pain is unescapable, it gave me the gift of compassion that oozes out of my every pore. And a desire to understand people on a deeper, truer, to their unique self way so I can celebrate them and let them see how they can shine and grow from their inner turmoil without judgment. Being your unique self is the most important part of your role in life. It is the form, a puzzle piece, if you will, that perfectly fits the big picture. However, just as your experiences form who you are, others' experiences form them differently for their own purpose. In realizing your own cognitive processing, it can be easier to respect the judgments of others through empathetic reasoning. Imagine you are attending a high school reunion. What do you think would run through your mind in the days leading up to the event? Most people I asked this question to responded by saying they would worry if others thought they had done well, making something of themselves. And some told me, of contrived stories that omit or compensate facts that they feel make them feel vulnerable or unsuccessful. The thing is that everyone attending the event is doing the same thing, bar a handful who are comfortable and proud of who they became as adults 
even the successful, will hide their overburdened loneliness. Once you realize that people present their A side out of fear, others will judge their B side and will ostracize them over the deep fears that have been cut from the real altogether. You will see the sacrifices made by them to avoid your judgment and perhaps choose gentle ways to show you like them however they present themselves. This is sort of a do unto others as you have done unto you scenario where you must determine if you think you should be judged in the same if you were in the same shoes as another and how harsh before conveying critique to those you judge for example if you are asked for assistance by someone who is homeless you could think to yourself we all have to work hard to get by this person doesn't need my help they need to stop being lazy or you can remind yourself that no one wakes up and says, I don't want to be able to eat, have a way to get out of bad weather, or have a way to stay hygienic. So there must be a reason they ended up living that way. And with life hitting as hard as it does, sometimes you could end up in the same place. Whichever thought comes to you will determine how you judge the best way to move forward. Know that every action is a judgment to do so, will allowing you knowing this sorry will allow you to ponder on what would cause another to make a judgment particularly towards you it is best to inquire with clear communication but just taking the time to consider another's perspective will help you reflect on how you presented yourself to them and what initiated their cognitive processing sequence resulting in judgment this understanding will allow you to respect where their judgment comes from and choose how you let it affect you by molding your thoughts or growing to allow your awareness to help navigate you through a moment so you can allow joy into your life. Achieving a life in which you have mastered empathy to a degree of telepathy is rare, but with daily practice and efforts to seek small joys in time, each of those small efforts will compile into a joyous life all around where you no longer feel the need to worry about the opinionated judgment of others which allows you to stop limiting your experiences in life. A life where you openly embrace what presents through its ripples and waves, light and dark, without close-minded fear to limit which opportunities you allow to change your life is our role on every level. Reducing cognitive limitation is the concept of heaven on earth and nirvanic peace of mind so you can achieve your true potential in the unique way you were coded, unlocking your potential by healing and growing from each experience. Learning to live a limited life, a limitless life, is a long bumpy part of your path where you need to undo all the years of manipulating your puzzle piece, trying to fit it in where you don't, where it didn't need to be, and learning to let the unique you out of its prison. It requires you to follow your intrigue, be honest with yourself, and allowing yourself to creatively express your emotions so you can control your own judgments of situations and how the judgments of others impact you moving forward. Following your intrigue does not mean saying yes to everything that crosses your path, but stepping outside of your comfort zone in small doses where you allow yourself to process how it made you feel 
and if you see it bringing you some sort of joy. It means pursuing the things that have already brought you joy more actively instead of repressing it for responsibilities. You make it part of how you achieve your responsibilities. Following your intrigue means using your intuition, that little voice inside, instead of being guided by the opinions of others that scream at your thoughts from your long-term memory. Which is why you need to be honest with yourself about what you feel, what you take out of the moment, and what is the best way for you to express being alive as you are joyously meant to experience life. The longer you fight, deny, and repress your traumatic dust bunnies into the closet, it long, the longer it takes for you to be able to open the door. Letting the room fill with dust where the sun shines light on it through the open window so the breeze can gently take it away and you can sweep what remains into tiny, neat little piles you can get help to dispose of properly. Life coaches can help you find yourself again. Occupational therapists can help you work with your traumatic dust piles so you can find balance in your productive leisure and self-care time. While psychotherapists can help you take those piles and determine the best way for you to move them from the sad and angry long-term memory storage into the growth and development storage. However, all that work needs to be done by you. So give yourself time to reflect on all the parts of the moment so you can grow from the emotions you feel into an understanding of who you are and where you want to joyously go in life, becoming the architect of your own purpose path. Expressing your emotions in a planned way gives you control over the process, allowing you to slow down and fully diagnose each fingerprint or file so it can be stored properly and can shape your puzzle piece the way it was meant to. Reflecting with emotional hygiene doesn't mean to find the good in everything, nor does it mean accepting others' faults while complacently focusing on your own faults. It means to accept how the moment made you feel, to find the ways you can grow from it, to determine what aspects of the moment held hope or joy, which parts help you understand what you like and don't like, and to see ways you can interact with others with more positive productivity than perhaps there currently is. It is like your past experience become a flashlight that shines from behind. So you cast a shadow over the path in front of you, and the light seats past you on the sides and overhead, highlighting all the possibilities that surround the normal, comfortable understandings. You have the choice to hold onto the pain and fear, walking forward with a veil of shadows, obscuring the view. You can weave side to side. You can crouch down and light the path beyond so you can make your way through the fog, or you can jump up and light the path in front of you for a moment. Whatever you choose, the aim is to be authentic and proud, to be alive as you step forward. Sometimes we need to form a plan. Others, we need to find support. And there will even be times when you need to roll with the punches and see where you end up on the other side. But each time, you must process how you feel to understand who you are and what you're made of, never forgetting you are so much more than the standard. 
being standard is a societal scale of mediocrity. To sum judgment up, it is not bad or good, but the process of understanding. So use your best judgment. Don't be ruled by others' judgment, but respect and understand it with compassion while learning and honoring your authentic self. Set boundaries in a respectful way that appreciates different paths for different folks and their value in this crazy, beautiful world while communicating that your unique path is perfectly landscaped for you to walk and learn on. Enjoy the journey. It may feel long, but it's only 75 years on average. The more you allow into your life, the more heartfelt the memories made are, making you live immortally in the minds of others that you leave behind on this earthly heaven when you reach your cosmic rest. Allow your sadness to teach you compassion so your light can shine bright on your judgment. Received and given, cast less of a shadow. Try your best to not take moments too personally, so when you do make judgment, the penalty for offending it is less damaging to all parties entangled in the moment. Allowing everyone to be their unique selves, growing and transforming with each tick of time that talks by. As I leave you to think on this topic, I challenge you to think about this mindfulness exercise until then as well. Think about how you can keep your mind from filling in the blanks to what you don't know, allowing you to make false judgment or surmise calculation of the potential outcomes. Think about how to prevent yourself from reading other people's comments and behaviors as a direct reflection of your own worth and ability to be accepted by them. Lastly, think of ways you give yourself opportunity to experience many things, to diversify the information available to lend understanding to a question that your mind calculates. I will close the conversation by drawing another card from the Positive Attitude Zone, PAS cards for short. The question will be the opening question for next episode. The card Dawn is green for creative thinking, and the question is, if you could make a difference in the world, what would it be? We will get to that next week, but in the meantime, you can get your PAS cards, Positive Attitude Zone, at www.graduatethrivers.com. That's spelled capital G, small R-A-D, capital U, small I-T, capital T, small H-R-I-V-E-R-S.com. Stay wonderful, wholesome, happy, open-minded, and natural. Smile as much as you can. Take care until we talk again. This has been Heidi Hardy on a Mind Matters podcast created by A Light for Change.